Oh, it's recording. LMAO. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to School of Rock. <laughs> My name is Jenna Schofer, and I'm here with our first guest of our debut episode, um, Callie Little. Callie, how are you doing today? I'm, I'm doing fine and dandy today, Jenna. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. Callie and I are just sitting here in her uh, newly cleaned uh, apartment right <laughs> off the side of <laughs> I-5 um, in Bellingham, Washington. And uh, we're uh, enjoying a libation. What kind of what kind of libation are we enjoying here, Callie? This this libation is the the Crikey IPA from from Reuben Brewing down in Seattle. Oh, dope. Okay, uh, I got one thing to say to that. It's uh... Crikey. Crikey. <laughs> Callie, um, you and I are friends. I guess I should say that. Yeah, we're You're, pretty good friends. Yeah, I'd, I'd call you one of my best friends. Yeah, I, I would agree with that statement. I So one of the things, many things that Callie and I bond on, it, one of them is good beer. Specifically, hazy, hazy ideas. Oh, yeah. Um, and we've found this to be kind of a commonality with, like, a lot of geologists, right? Like, to be enjoying. The common link of beer. Yeah, it's yeah. like a, it's a, I'd call it a common denominator. I would say so, too. Yeah, it's a, you know. There are exceptions, though. Some geologists like juice. Yes. <laughs> um, so yeah, just you know, just to know that uh, beer is a it is a commonality for I think a, most geologists to enjoy a brew a good brewski. Yeah, can't go into the field without a beer. No field beer like and this comes along with like you know a hiking community a skiing community you know you go out and do these things outside and you know you you take a little bit of the edge. You're off. outdoors. You need a beer. Yeah, yeah. So that's something that I learned. Um, one of the bigger things that I learned when I was studying <laughs> as an undergraduate. First rule of geology, <laughs> there must be beer. It's not the principle of horizontality. No. no. It is beer. <laughs> Period. The principle of horizontality, if you will. Yeah. Actually, it's like if you're trying to measure dip, um, instead of like you know, measuring it with a brunt and compass, you could just pour a beer and see what pour direction the beer, yeah. you know, goes down the rock, and then you'll have an idea of what direction that rock is dipping. Exactly. And so that's where it started. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Okay. Good for a drink. Good for some field measurements. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> a multi-purpose libation. It is a multi. It's like a tool, like a multi-purpose tool, but it's a drink. As it's essential okay. as your rock hammer. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So speaking of, of beer, um, and you know, uh, you know, when I think of beer, I think of like good feelings and good times. I think of summertime a lot. Yeah. Like I think of the summer. This is gonna be our first summer outside of a state that is not our home state. It's true. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. It's exciting. Spicy. Have... Spicy. It's, it's spicy. Um, or it will be. <laughs> it will be spicy. It will be spicy. Yeah. It's gonna hopefully be our first summer. Like, out, like since COVID, that we'll be able to kind of maybe do more things. Do some graduate field work. To do work. Yeah. Yeah, that's an idea. Yeah, and like hang out with people would be ideal with yes. others. Yeah, that would be, like yeah. and meet the other half of our cohort that we haven't met yet in person. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's on the list. Yeah, these are all the things that are on the list. So speaking of lists, we have a list of things that we're going to do. Um, Lots of fun things, camping, like, you know, making tie-dye. Tie-dye is one of those things. Oh, yeah, tie-dye is on the list. Tie-dye is on the list. And brewing beer. We're going to give it a go. We're going to give it a whirl. I'm very excited. We're going to brew some beer. Um, 
absolutely not on this note. This is completely unrelated. Um, we're going to get to the topic of this of this this podcast. Why you, yes, you listening, which is probably just me, Jenna, listening to this in the future. But this is why we're here. We're going to talk about things um, in geology and, like, uh, I don't know if I explicitly mentioned this, but Callie and I are both graduate students at the I got some questions for you. Um, you know, we're, we're trying to talk about, you know, some things like that have to do with like our work that we do as research students, and then also some problems that we have like either experienced or faced um, or like uh, heard of within the geosciences community. Right. Um, yeah, so I guess just before, like you're a student at Western. <laughs> um, I had five years of undergrad and I did not know I wanted to do geology and in California all this yes is in California. I'm yeah I'm from California and California Californian <laughs> started out doing business which I did not like that was not for me um and so I I was at a university and I said no thanks so I went to a community college where they had a really good um geology program there for a community college shout out to SPCC in Santa Barbara um And I just fell in love with it, and my instructors were really inspiring. They wanted to take us outside all the time. I'd grown up going camping, going hiking with my family, and it was just, it seemed like the right fit. Um, I had never been that into science in high school, but I, something about it, I was like, you know, I'm I'm capable, I I can take calculus, I can Mm. take physics, you know, this isn't too bad. Um, And I just charged ahead and ended up at a big research university at University of California, Santa Barbara. And while I was there, I just, I fell in love with those kind of upper level courses and just one day fell into a project with a PhD student who was studying um, coastal erosion in town. And I, I thought it was a super cool project. I got to learn a lot of interesting software. I had never considered myself like a really techie person, but, um, you know, after after learning a few softwares and a little bit of coding, I, I felt super empowered, and it was a project I was really into. And um, I I figured that I, I just wanted to continue doing that and wanted to see where that path led me. So I um, I was encouraged to apply to grad school. I, I knew I definitely wanted to get a master's because I just I wasn't sure what kind of career I'm interested in, but knew I wanted to keep going to school because I really like school. I really like learning. And um, yeah, after a lot of research for a lot of different universities and what kind of programs there were and what kind of um, people were doing what kind of work, I I found my advisor, Eric Grossman, uh, at Western Washington, who is part-time faculty and works for the USGS. And he does a lot of cool stuff with coastal geomorphology which was similar to what I was doing. So I reached out and he was interested in the work I had been doing in Santa Barbara and um, seemed really excited about potentially having me work with him. And it just seemed like a really good fit. And so I applied to a few different schools, but Western was my top choice hands down just because I was so interested in continuing coastal erosion work, especially looking at um, at bluffs, mm-hmm. not beach cliffs, bluffs. No, no. Um, not beach cliffs. <laughs> and yeah, I got in. I was super stoked. I um, I knew I wanted to go there, and I was excited to, to move away from California for the first time. So yeah. I took the plunge. My my wonderful my wonderful boyfriend joined me, and we moved up to Bellingham last July. And 
yeah, I've been having fun. Despite COVID, I've been having a lot of fun. Not so bad, yeah. It sounds like a lot of, like, in the beginning of your, like, interest in geology, a lot of what pulled you in was, like, what you said, like, these, like, good programs and good classes, mm-hmm. which I'm kind of tying to maybe, like, people, like, the professors and the faculty and, like, yeah. trying to get you, like, involved with research or, like, like w- w- is that true? Is that kind of, like, most of what grabbed you in or was it more so the hard science that initially took you in? Honestly, it was the people. Yeah. I had never seen people so stoked on what they were researching, what they were teaching than geology professors and other mm-hmm. students studying geology, like students a few years ahead of me at City College who had already taken all the intro level classes and wanted to help kind of the people coming up um, in their first years of City College. And they were just so enthusiastic about what they were doing. They really wanted to get us out in the field. They really wanted to just introduce us to a a world that a lot of us, I don't think, see. Mm -hmm. You know, even, even though I grew up going hiking, going camping, um, I had never gone out and like looked at a hill or maybe what I thought was a hill is actually a little volcano and been like, Whoa, I, I know what that is. Um, so when I went on these, they took us on some field courses for a few days. Um, just like right off the bat, not a lot of information about geology, but just pointing these things out and being so excited about what they were teaching us. Um, I was totally hooked. Mm -hmm. It was like the best of all worlds, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, getting to go out in the field, go hiking, go explore, figure out new ideas. Um, and just take interesting classes with super cool people. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, I, I overwhelmingly, all the people I've met in geology are just fantastic, interesting, enthusiastic people who love mm-hmm. what they do. Yeah. Um, and that, that definitely hooked me. Absolutely. Yeah, I completely agree with my own experience. Um, that's, that's really cool. So thank you for sharing that. Um, so, Okay, kind of transitioning, you've explained how you chose your school and why you chose geology. Um, thank you for that. Of what? So now that you've um, been through your first quarter, and first and a half, we've both been through one and a half quarters yeah. at this point, um, how would you describe, thinking back to that first quarter, how would you describe that first quarter in like three words or three phrases? Um, there were a lot of feelings last quarter. I, I definitely say... Scary. Scared of what? Um, I think, I think for me and a few people I've talked to, uh, struggle with imposter syndrome going into grad school, not feeling like we're, we're smart enough or we're capable enough. Um, you know, it's not for lack of interest, but yeah, maybe lack of confidence in certain areas. Mm-hmm. So I was afraid that I wasn't going to live up to the standards I held for myself, that my advisor held for me. Um, that all the people in my life held for me, you know, it's, it's scary telling the world, you know, I'm going to grad school and thinking that you might fail. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, being, being afraid, scared for sure. But at the same time, um, just so excited. Mm -hmm. I, I was so excited to move here. So excited to start this program. Um, just like enter a new phase in life. Mm -hmm. Um, I felt like I was in. I was only an undergrad for five years, but it felt like forever. It's um, a long time in our like adult lives. I mean, yeah, we're still really young. Five yeah. years is like what a fifth of my life. Eighteen to twenty-two. That's a or I guess twenty-three. Yeah, I graduated when I was twenty-three. So just overwhelmingly excited yeah. is definitely the second way I describe it. Scared and excited. 
so many feelings but a third um third word we've decided i've decided with jenna's help is emotional um all of my close friends know that i i am emotional i cry somewhat frequently you know just not because i'm sad just because there's a lot of feelings inside of me yeah. <laughs> so I, I think there was a lot of emotion going to grad school for sure. Um, I had moved away from my family for the first time and I'm very close to them. Mm-hmm. So it was hard adjusting to a new place, especially under the circumstances of COVID, feeling like we didn't necessarily have um, have a strong bond with the people we were going into our cohort with. Because, you know, I think what, I've, what we've heard is usually off the bat, you know, you're going on these camping trips with these people, mm-hmm. you're seeing them in person. Um, the school really wants to facilitate that bonding time and we just haven't experienced that. So it was hard feeling maybe a little isolated, um, which tied into feeling emotional, Mm -hmm. away from family, Mm -hmm. scared, Mm -hmm. obviously, and excited. But working through that, trying to figure out like what was was going on in my psyche. Yeah. It's it's a lot of stuff. but overwhelmingly positive, mm-hmm. even even if things feel stressed and mm-hmm. feel complicated. Yeah, um, yeah. That's no, that's great. I think that positivity, like you know, for myself, I relate to a lot of the things you're saying for the ways that I felt my first quarter. Um, and for me, that positivity comes from knowing that, like, even if things are hard and like you know, I feel emotional and, like, really challenged and experiencing, like, symptoms of, like, imposter syndrome, we're still moving forward. We're still, like, propelling ourselves. Right. And, you know, we're, I mean, I said earlier that we're halfway through our second quarter, but we're way, we're actually, we're almost done with our second quarter. Yeah. There are, I think, two weeks left of this quarter? Okay. Half, over halfway done through our first year. Yeah. So it's, um... Like oh, I'm scared. Oh no, now I'm scared. <laughs> I'm back to square one. <laughs> yeah, no, it's definitely like I, I do feel like um, you and I are similar in that like there are a lot of emotions that come with this like graduate school experience and like yeah. feeling like there are things that we should know but like we don't need to know. Something that you constantly Callie remind me of is that we are still students. We are graduate students. We are not professors. We are not, you know, like... Expected to know everything. We don't... And yeah, we're expected to be curious and to ask questions and to... Read Problem papers. solve and to read <laughs> every goddamn paper on the face of the earth about the earth. But <laughs> we don't have to know everything. Yeah, we're and still we, learning. And we won't know everything. Yeah. So... Um, I think apparently it's impossible. Thank you for explaining your, like, first quarter of grad school. Um... I'm going to kind of like transition into some other questions. Um, so your project you briefly mentioned was studying this like bluff erosion, um, beach yes. cliff erosion, bluff erosion. We'll use them interchangeably. Yes, so this is a very niche kind, kind of niche study. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as as I mean, my study, I feel like you get anywhere down the rabbit hole into geology, and you figure out there's like 15 other people in the world who care about the same things you do. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, and you're like in an email chain with them for the rest of your life. Yeah, like exactly. you all know each other, like, and you read all their papers. You read all of their papers. You look for them at GSA, like you're, you know, an, mm-hmm. a, like a hungry like wolf. You're like, where are they? I need to meet them. I want to ask you, as you know, a young. A young woman in geosciences, um, how do you envision like geology and 
maybe more geared towards like your study, I guess, um, your study with this like coastal erosion. How do you ideally envision this aspect of your science in the future in terms of like policy and society? Like what kind of relationship do you see? Well, I think coastal erosion is, is an important thing um, that a lot of people should care about. I mean, I think any researcher would say that, that they would hope other people care about their, um, what they're interested in. But I think, especially given climate change, uh, coastal erosion is going to be exacerbated um, a lot in the coming decades and even the coming years. Um, there's a lot of projections on what sea level rise is going to do in terms of wave action eroding bluffs, in terms of more frequent and intense storms, um, not only eroding bluffs, but doing a lot of other damage, you know, hurricanes becoming more intense and displacing more people. Mm -hmm. And you see, at least in my home state, um, in California, this is a really big topic, you know, people in Malibu are losing their mansions and it's, it's displacing people and it's making a lot of people concerned and we're all just trying to figure out what to do about it, what, what we can do about it. Yeah. Um, so the way I see it going forward, I, I definitely think as scientists, we need to be incorporating um, communication to the public more than we do. And you and I have talked a lot about this, mm -hmm. um, especially in one of our current classes that public policy should definitely be more integrated into our curriculum as mm -hmm. undergrads and grad students. Um, I think as scientists, we, it's really easy to get lost in our own bubble of research and what that means for us and the people who also study what we do. But when you're actually looking at something that has a broader application to people's homes, people's lives, people's infrastructure, um, the ecosystems beyond ourselves, you need to be able to explain that to the public. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a skill a lot of us as scientists don't have right now. Um, at least I, I don't have that. I, I feel like I've heard of a lot of people who write these just excellent genius papers, but maybe don't want to step in and say what that should mean for public policy. Mm -hmm. So in the future, I, I would really love to see that be incorporated definitely at the academic level. Um, and just have people stress that, you know, the work you do is important and it does impact people's lives and this is why you should be able to communicate that. Mm -hmm. So that's that's where I see it headed. Um, I think you study earthquakes, which impact a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I study erosion, which displaces land mm -hmm. and displaces people. And so it would be really great to get some background and add, add those tools to our, our kit of telling people why it's important and why they should care and why our policymakers need to pay attention mm -hmm. when scientists tell us, um, here's, here's our findings and here's what you need to do about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, well, thank you for um, answering that. I, I agree in all those um, aspects. I think it's, I think it's absolutely crucial to um, not only know why your science is important, why your science is important, but be able to communicate that. Um, I think, especially right now, it's kind of a difficult time in society because I feel like we're on the verge of a, um, like a science distrusting society almost. Yeah, we need so, to install public trust correct. back in back in scientists and yeah. make it accessible and not make it seem like we're on this pedestal that, that the regular 
people who do other things will never be able to understand. Yeah. Because that doesn't do anything no, for anyone. It doesn't. Being able to explain your research and why it's important, I think, mm -hmm. is is so key. Yes, absolutely. Moving forward. Absolutely. Um, thank you for sharing that. Okay, so kind of just to wrap things up uh, today, I, um, I have a, a final question for you. Okay. Um, so you just, you are at a family reunion, okay? Okay. Pretend. I don't know if y'all do that, but you have a family reunion. And you just met your 15-year-old cousin. Oh, wow. They're at this family reunion. Haven't and seen you in a while. Yeah, hey, how's, how's it going? going? <laughs> School's great. I love soccer teams. Oh, neat. Sports. <laughs> um, okay, no, but in all, in all reality, they, they seem to be, you get the sense that they're really interested in science. They're talking to you and asking you questions about your science. Right. And so you're trying to, like, maybe come back to that and, like, you know, figure out if they're also interested in science for themselves. And they hint that they are they are afraid of taking hard classes. The classes you mentioned earlier, like the physics, calculus, mm -hmm. chemistry. What do you what do you say to them? How do you how do you kind of like break down that barrier for a young person who is interested in science but is afraid of the, what science is like composed of? I guess. Yeah, I, I think it's hard because, especially I think as women, we're we're not necessarily encouraged to be taking those harder math classes, those harder chemistry classes, um, and. You know, I don't know. I have male and female cousins, so it could be either one asking me about this. But for anyone who's maybe feels a little like daunted by these harder math and science classes, I would say just just give it a try. Um, maybe read up a little on what kind of applications those might have, because there are so many. You know, biology um, and medicine incorporates a lot of a lot of these chemistry and, and math and physics mm -hmm. things and geology like I don't know when I got into it I didn't think oh it's gonna be super gnarly I'm gonna have to take chemistry and calculus and all this stuff and I, I have to admit going into it I was like oh wow I, I haven't I haven't considered this that much but just taking the plunge and having confidence in yourself and being willing to do the work because I think there are so many resources out there um, at so many schools, especially community college. I can't stress enough how, how I, much I loved community college and the people there that helped me through it. But taking the plunge, doing the work, really putting your mind to something and thinking about the end goal of like what you're going to get out of it. And not necessarily, it's hard to say, it's hard, it's easy to say, and hard to think about not caring about a grade and more caring about what you are learning. But being able to take that really challenging physics class and say, you know what, this is going to help me be a better geologist. This is going to help me be a better scientist. And pushing through, I think, is going to be... That, that would be the advice I yeah. give my cousin. No. And it's easier said than done. Absolutely. But I think being open and giving it a go is the best thing you can do for yourself yeah and it sounds like also realizing that there are resources too to like help yeah. you do well like yeah not only online but just at your school you know it's it's kind of scary sometimes but going up to your teacher after class mm -hmm. and being like hey I'm, I'm interested in this I'm not quite sure on this concept can you mm -hmm. help me out I have to say um teachers seem scary but more often than not, they are also a little bit scared of their mm -hmm. students. I mean, we're TAs this quarter, and I feel that way all the time. Mm -hmm. Like, I want students. I want that connection with mm -hmm. my students um, and for them to be interested. So 
I'd say more often than not, your teacher is going to be stoked if you want if you want their help mm-hmm. if you have some questions for them. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's great. Well, Callie, Callie Little, thank you for being the number one on this uh, debut here. Yeah. I think we killed it. Thank I... you so much for having me, <laughs> having me on your podcast. <laughs> I'm honored to be the first. Yeah. Um, we'll uh, close, close this one out here and see you another time. Cheers.